This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. By the way, listeners, I've created an amazing resource for you all to go along with today's episode. So listen to the episode, and at the end of it, I'm going to talk more about this amazing resource that you can get. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special episode. I have three guests on my show who will be sharing their perspectives into setting goals. I think as we move into the new year, a lot of us are planning for things and setting goals, especially weight loss goals. But, you know, you have to set your goals right. And before you set your goals right, you have to have a thought process of how you're going to do that. This way, you're able to set yourself up for success. But before we dive into the episode, listeners, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. This way you will get notified about the new episodes whenever they're released. Now I'm very pleased to welcome Drs. Jennifer Jane Rollins, Trina Dora, and Sonia Hirachan. Dr. Rollins is an OBGYN by training and a founder of WellWoman MD. She helps women suffering from hormonal imbalance live symptom-free by making sustainable changes in their nutrition and lifestyle. Dr. Dora is a physician and a life coach. She helps divorced women move past the pain of divorce and infidelity so that they can get over their ex and get on with their lives. Dr. Sonia Hirachan is a life coach and a certified weight loss coach and works exclusively with immigrants and people of color. She recently launched a podcast of Hope and Perseverance, which is all about bringing immigrant stories to light and elevating them. Welcome, ladies. How are you all doing? You're doing Fantastic. well. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you all, you know, and bring different perspectives into goal setting because that is so critical, especially, you know, with weight loss. And a lot of people are setting goals going into the new year to lose weight. And, you know, a lot of times what happens is they set goals. Come January 1, they start executing them. But come January 15th, most of the goals have fizzled out. So I think it's very important to set goals the right way and set the right goals so that you can set yourself up for success. Right. So what do you think is the importance of, you know, setting goals in life in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're talking about weight loss specifically, I think for us, we always sort of have an idea about what would be our perfect size and our perfect weight and our goal for where we want to be. And so I think it's hard to achieve those things unless you kind of set out a framework for yourself that will let you achieve those particular goals and certainly try to move towards what you think you can obtain during that time. So it doesn't necessarily have to be weight loss. It could be a career change. It could be being more present with your children. I mean, there could be several different goals that we're talking about, but you ultimately kind of have to set something ahead to know which steps you need to do to get to it. Right. What do you think, Sonia? Yeah, no, I think goal setting is very, very important. I think as physicians, we know that we need to be setting goals because all our lives and all of our training you know, careers, we have had, you know, this is the semester that we're going to learn about hand anatomy or leg anatomy, you know, I think we have always set goals. But as we sort of finish our training programs, we are thrown into this world. And then I think it becomes a little chaotic, especially for us practicing, you know, in a hospital setting or what have you. 
And so it is so important to do this intentionally and also to have the right kind of, you know, mindset when you create any kind of goal. And so when you say, you know, we're going to have the new year, I think it's very important to be looking at where do you see yourself this year? And how do you break down that goal into meaningful, you know, like bite-sized goals, like to say it? Right, right. What do you think, Trina? I know I completely agree. And I think a lot of times what happens is on December 31st of the year, you know, we say, okay, I'm going to lose weight starting tomorrow. And we have no plan at all for how we're going to do it. We just think that something is magically going to change between December 31st and January 1st. And so I have been someone who has done that year after year. (laughs) And nothing magically changes. (laughs) So I think part of that is because it's such a vague goal, right? Like I'm going to lose weight or, you know, I'm going to, you know, whatever, get a new job. But if you don't really set an actual goal, like Sonia was saying, with tangible steps and really think it out, your chances of achieving it are not going to be that high. Right. Yeah, I think that's very true because we talk about January 1st or December 31st. They're just two days of, you know, one year and the next year, if you look at it objectively. But in our minds, we have these deadlines that we make. And I think that's where all these starting points that we have in our minds, say, for example, the starting of the week or starting of the year. And I think that's what we give importance to. And I think that's why people kind of make these goals, you know, the beginning of the year and prepare for it at the end of the previous year. But I think having said that, you have to have goals that are going to be sustainable throughout the year, regardless of whether it's January or whether it's March or whether it's December. And I think that's where we are at. So it's really critical to set goals regardless of the month you're in, regardless of whether it's New Year or it's not New Year's. Yeah, I think that's really true. So how do you think it's important in the management of obesity? Because we talk about making these small goals for everything we do in life. You know, you specialize, Trina, in dealing with women. Who, have, who are going through divorces, how do you see this you know, as an important thing? Because goal setting is, I feel, is very critical and very crucial for us as humans to survive. As Sonia was mentioning that, especially, for example, for doctors, we train and we are in a training program which has a set schedule. We have a set schedule for our exams. We have a set schedule for what we're going to study. But then we go out into the world and it's very haphazard and we have to decide what we want to do and what we need to do. How important do you think is goal setting? So my niche is coaching women who are divorced and I actually taught them process for setting goals. And the reason that I thought it was so important for a couple of reasons, a lot of times whenever you've been married, you've kind of fallen into some patterns where you share responsibilities with your partner. And a lot of times, and then whenever you're divorced, you're on your own. And so you now have a lot of new things that are on your plate. And then you may even have some new goals that you want to reach or some new desires or hobbies that you want to take on. And so I do think it's really important to have a process in place for how to get there. And so, again, I think a lot of divorced women find themselves now having to do something that maybe they never had to do before. And so having a process where you break things down into small steps is very helpful. Right. What do you think, Jennifer? How do you help uh, your patients with goal setting? And how do you think it's important, especially with weight loss? Yeah, I think actually something Trina said earlier was kind of hit the nail on the head. For me, I help people with hormonal balances. But what weight loss is also, I mean, on a daily basis, people ask me constantly about losing weight in my office, (laughs) since I work with women all the time. 
But she said about, you know, not having a vague goal. I think that's really important. A lot of times when I talk to people about weight loss in the clinic, we sort of say, well, what is the goal? You can't just say weight loss, right? Is it to get into your skinny jeans? Is it to, you know, look good for your son's wedding? Is it to sleep better? Like, what is the actual goal, ultimately? Because I think it's hard to just set up you know, I just want to lose 50 pounds. But if you say I'd like to be able to, you know, walk down the street without getting tired, or I'd like to be able to play a soccer game with my child or get in my skinny jeans, like, I think it's a little bit easier to attain that goal when you have something that you know, represents something for yourself. So usually, when I talk to women and coach women on weight loss, I try to say, well, what is it that you want out of this? What are you looking for? Are you trying to fix your hormones so that you're not moody? (laughs) Or are you trying to (laughs) have a normal period? Or what is the actual goal? Because ultimately, if you find something like that, the weight will happen, the weight loss will happen. Right. So Sonia, you're a weight loss coach, right? So what do you tell people? You know, in Lean Six Sigma, I'm Lean Six Sigma trained as well. We talk about project objective, right? So objective would have to have a starting point and end point, (laughs) and something that you're going to measure your dream with, right? Your goal with. So for example, if my goal is to lose 50 pounds by the end of, say, June of next year, I would say by June 30th of 2021, I plan to lose 50 pounds. And you are going to stick to it. And of course, 50 pounds may seem very, very insurmountable, like a very, very huge task. But then perhaps you then break it down to bite-sized, you know, goals like saying every month I'm planning to lose 10 pounds or five pounds, whatever it is that you think you can achieve, you would have to do that. And again, once you put that in paper, you're also going to be looking at, okay, what do I need to do to achieve that, right? Should I be cutting down on carbs? Should I be skipping on my nightly wine, (laughs) for example? (laughs) You know, should I be exercising more? So once you have those goals, you also need to be looking at What are going to be some of your pain points? Because all of us know that there are certain things that you crave or that you can't, you know, that you just have a hard time giving up. So I think you just have to be realistic as well about what you can and can't control. Right. So that's very true. And I think we've been talking about kind of how to set goals. And we often use this acronym called SMART in setting SMART goals, which basically stands for specific, measurable, attainable realistic and time-bound. So what is your take on this, Sonia? What do you think about SMART goals? I think SMART goals are very smart. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's such a catchy phrase. And like I said, initially, you know, you will know what you need to have in your goal. You can't just say, that's my goal to, I don't know, my son's wedding or whatever it is. It has to be something that is going to be tangible and measurable so that you can track your progress every day or every week or every month however you want to. And that also holds holds you accountable. And also, you might want to have your partner accountable or your doctor accountable or whoever it is that you're on your weight loss journey with. So I think it's very helpful as well for someone to actually have those measurable steps. Okay. Trina, what do you think? Do you use smart goals in your coaching when you coach women? Or do you use anything else to help them make set goals per se? Right. Yeah, no. So much like Sonia, I have a background in quality improvement. And so that was kind of where I first sort of learned about the SMART goal setting. And then within our health system, we also do lean. And so I agree. That's kind of how I've always been taught with goal setting. And so then, yes, that's what I would take over into my coaching as well. 
I think a lot of times people forget the measurable part. And so that happens, you know, all the time in healthcare where we're like, oh, we have this great idea. Let's do this. And then we're like, okay, well, how will we know if we're successful? And everyone's like, oh, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I do think the measurable piece is really, really key. Really key. Yeah. What about you, Jennifer? I think you alluded to this a little while ago about, you know, having specific goals, like fitting into your skinny jeans or having an X amount of weight loss. Do you use this routinely with your patients? Yes, I agree with the two lovely ladies that have commented. The only thing I would add is I do think it doesn't account for some grace because I do think one thing that comes up frequently with weight loss is, you know, someone will come into their follow-up visit with me and, you know, they're like, well, you know, like I, you know, didn't do this. And so I think sometimes we have to, as providers, just kind of say, you know, it happens. Tomorrow is a new day. Let's pivot and move on. And I think the only thing with that acronym does not account for sort of the grace of humanity that happens that sometimes, you know, doesn't go as well as you had planned, despite having your timeline and your action and your meaningful goal, it sometimes doesn't go that way. So I think having some grace with yourself and also as a provider with the patient and just saying, it's okay, like we can find a new timeline, we can set this new goal together and we'll move on from there. Yeah. And I think the other thing that is good and bad about this is that people, when they set goals around New Year, it's basically they're focused on weight. But I think if they start focusing their goals more on other aspects, making it more specific, for example, five servings of vegetable, I'm just throwing it out there into the diet or cutting their calories by X amount or getting X minutes of exercise a day into their regime rather than fixating on a number because weight loss is very, very variable for each person. And fixating on a number on the scale can really throw you off because there's a lot of emotion that goes along with it. And which brings me to my next question, how do people manage emotional states when it comes to goal setting? I'm sure you've had patients, you've had clients who've had a lot of emotional responses when they do not achieve their goals or even their micro goals that they've set. So Trina, how do you help your patients with that? Right. I mean, one of the things that I've learned through coaching, because obviously, as I have been moving into this new career, there's definitely emotional response that goes along with when you hit goals and when you don't hit goals. And so I think one of the key things that I've been learning is maybe I don't hit the goal, but not to make that mean something terrible about me. So one of the questions that we always ask people is, what are you making this mean? And so I have to constantly remind myself, right? Or when I step on the scale myself and I see a number that I don't want to see, I can just think of it as, you know, this is just the fact, this is just a number. It doesn't, you know, reflect who I am as a person, or I can make it mean something like, oh, I'm terrible. I'm a failure. You know, I'll never be successful. And so I think that's one of the keys is sort of how do you think about it? What do you make it mean? Yeah. What do you think, Jennifer? Yeah, I think mindset is definitely in any health goal is critical. You have to be able to have the mindset that says, just like Trina said, you know, if I didn't obtain my goal, it's fine. Like I have a different goal now. I've moved on to something different or I'm going to keep achieving and striving for that goal. I think a lot of times that has to do also with the environment someone is in too. And I think I try to understand if someone's not making their goals, like what is it about what else is going on, whether or not it's lack of a support person or maybe have lack of resources or what is it that's kind of blocking that? Because I think it's hard as a provider, we sometimes have short time and short, you know, not enough 
bigger perspective to kind of go, Hey, what, what, what is it that's kind of blocking this? So I think mindset, that's part of mindset to figure out what is it that's blocking their ability to achieve that goal. Right. What do you think, Sonia? Yeah, I would have to agree with Trina and Jennifer on that. The only thing that I would like to add is that you know, whenever you think about goal setting, you need to come at it from a place of love and not from a place of self-hatred. So whenever we're thinking about, oh my God, I need to lose X amount of weight, where is that coming from? Is that coming from, oh my God, I hate my body and I hate how I look? Or, you know what? This is me. I have a body and I want to be healthier or I want to not have diabetes. You know, I mean, there are so many different ways of spinning that specific mindset. And I would just caution us from where are you, you know, setting your intentions from? Because invariably, if you are in that mindset of I hate my body, it's going to be very, very hard. And that energy that you, you know, emanate from that or that you release from that is not going to get you on a path of health. It's going to get you probably to self-righteousness or, you know, perhaps will give you some positive emotion, but those are going to be very short-lived. It has always got to be this broader perspective of, okay, where do I want my life to head to? And what does fitness and what does health mean to me? Like, what does having a healthy body mean to me? Just like, you know, Dr. Dora just talked about, what am I making that mean? And I think the more we coach on that, the more we talk about that, I think people can get to a place where they can accept where they're at and also then create this positive momentum towards getting the goal that they want to create. Yeah, I think that's very true. And basically, it's important to find what's the underlying motivation for any goal that you're trying to achieve, right? You have to know why you're wanting to do that. Is it just to get into a, another dress or is it for something else that you're trying to do it? Do you feel strongly about wanting to be around for your kids, for example, and you feel that you're not in the best of your health and you want to improve your health for that reason? These are two very different reasons to actually wanting to lose weight. One has a very, very strong motivating factor behind it, you know, being healthy and being there for their kids. The other one, not so much. So where you're coming from also is very, very important, especially in goal setting. And so how do you guys help people who are struggling with goal setting? You know, there are things that people want to set and there are two aspects to this question, actually. One is that people try to set unrealistic goals. We as humans often set very, very lofty goals. Either we set very lofty goals or, you know, goals that are just, you know, very easy. And the second part of the question is sometimes people are just confused because of so much of information that's out there. They don't know what to do and how to set their goals. So how do you help people with that? So let's begin with you, Jennifer. I think you said it too, that the why is super important first. Why are we doing this? What is motivating you for this particular goal? And then I always find it helpful to try to incorporate, like ask the client or the patient, like, what do you think the solution is? Because I always think it works better if we can work together to come up with an idea as opposed to me giving my ideas and say, well, you need to just cut your carbs and go work out for 30 minutes and, you know, don't eat the pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. Like try to come up with these ideas. I think it always works much better if I say, what do you think you can do to achieve this goal? How do you think this is going to work for you? How do you think the framework is that we can set aside together 
And then I think it just makes you personally more accountable. You feel like you're accountable to that particular goal because you've made the plan. You've helped in the plan as opposed to someone else sort of laying that out. So I always think working in concert is always going to be beneficial for helping someone achieve their goal. Yeah, that's very true. You know, we talk about all of this in lifestyle medicine also, that patients and doctors are equal partners in the patient's well-being and health. And empowering patients with this information and with this knowledge and the fact that they can make these choices actually works in their benefit because now they're also accountable and they feel responsible for their health. So it really works wonders for them. And people often like that. What do you think, Sonia, about this? Yeah, I think the unrealistic goal part I want to answer first, because I think I want to know what is unrealistic about that goal first. Why as a physician or why as a life coach am I thinking that goal is unrealistic? Or is that the patient's own word? And if it is, in fact, unrealistic, then perhaps we just kind of like dig further into why, right? Why is it that you want to lose 100 pounds in, say, five months or three months, whatever it is? And what would happen if you were to achieve it? And what were to happen if you couldn't achieve it? So I think that is probably what I would dive more into my one-on-one with the client. And then the first part of your question about just a lot of information overload, I think too often we get into that mode when we are trying to buffer with, you know, not wanting to take action. So you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us have gone into this mode. Right now, I am in that mode because I need to buy a new washer dryer. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, there are like 2000 reviews on, you know, God knows how many washers dryers. The fact is, I can just choose one company <laughs> and just choose one model. But we always try to get into this, you know, like you said, information overload, because we don't want to make a decision and be. <laughs> I think we just enjoy it because we're delaying making that decision. So I think there's a lot of factors there. But I think if clients were to come to me and say, I can't just make a decision, I would just be like, make one decision and stick with it and make that the right decision for you because there is no wrong decision. You know what? With the washer dryers, I am 100. I can guarantee you that I'm not going to, you know like fail with whatever washer dryer that I get, right? (laughs) But it's like, I don't know what I'm making this mean. Oh my God, I'm going to like have the world's worst (laughs) washer dryer in my house. I don't know. But that's how the brain plays mind, you know, tricks on you. Right, right. What do you think, Trina? Yeah, I don't have much to add to what Jennifer and Sonia said. But I guess one thing, just kind of playing off of what Sonia was saying about asking the patient if they have the kind of an unrealistic goal, like she said, trying to lose 100 pounds in a month or something like that, is when you dive deeper and kind of ask, you know, why do you want to do that? They may reveal something like, because I'll feel happier or I'll feel more confident or something like that. So then what we want to do is, as we're coaching them, is let them know that those feelings are available to them even now and kind of work on how can we experience those feelings now so we don't think that we have to lose weight to be able to experience the feeling that we want to feel. Right. And I think there's a very interesting concept of asking the five whys to really get to the core of anything that you're trying to do. You just start asking why each time you get an answer till you cannot get any more answers. And that's when you get to the core of what you're actually trying to do and why you're actually trying to do that. And once people try to do that, they can do this sitting at home when they're trying to set goals so that 
they can understand. A lot of times, the mind plays a lot of tricks. There are so many complexities of emotions and of thoughts and rationalizing that go into it that a lot of times we ourselves don't know why we are doing what we're doing. And I think kind of digging deeper, and that's what a lot of this coaching does is, you know, digging deeper and actually reaching the root cause or the root source of this why, why you're trying to achieve. And once you're able to get that answer, I think that's when you really kind of know what you want to achieve because from there, you're able to set a more realistic goal, in my opinion. I think that's where it is. And the other thing, uh, very interesting is actually, you know, just what Sonia was mentioning that, you know, she's 2000 reviews of a washer and a dryer. And she probably thinks right now that she's going to have the worst set of laundry after she buys one set of washer and dryer. But, you know, retrospectively, when you make a decision, humans are such that retrospectively, you always think that whatever decision you made was the right decision because the ensuing steps that you take are going to be according to the decision that you made at that point in time. So I think it's more important to make a decision either way than to not have a decision because then you're just stuck in that position. But it's very hard when you're looking at it from a third person's point of view rather than when you're actually in it to make that decision. And I think understanding this concept will probably help our listeners to kind of analyze their situation when they're trying to set these goals, if they go into this so-called analysis paralysis, to how to get out of this. And I think that'll be very helpful. Now, you know, people set goals and they start following through on it. But come January 15th, most of them are off it. How do you ensure that people follow through on their goals till they've set it for or, you know, year round, especially with weight loss? It's a constant journey. It's not going on a diet. It's a change that has to occur within your lifestyle. So how do you ensure in your clients that they follow through on their goals as they go along? So Trina, how do you do that? I think one way that can be really helpful is having them kind of envision their future self. Right. So having a good idea of where they want to be, really think about that, really envision that, you know, what would that look like? What would the reasons be? You know, what would be better in their life? Like, for example, maybe they wouldn't be so short of breath if they lost some weight or maybe their joints wouldn't ache like they ache now. And so I think kind of seeing where you are now and then seeing the future self or where you want to be. I think can be really helpful. And then really comparing and contrasting those two different versions of yourself. And I think oftentimes we think that if we don't do anything, if we don't make any changes, that we'll just sort of stay where we are. But a lot of times, if you don't make any changes, you actually get worse, right? Like, so particularly with weight, I have found in my own life and that if I don't really make any changes, I don't just stay at the weight that I am now, I keep gaining weight. And so then I'm even worse off. And so I think it can be helpful to really see, okay, if I don't make a change, if I don't stick this out or stick to this or figure this out, whatever it looks like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but whatever it looks like, I'm going to be at this other vision of myself that I don't want to be. Right. Yeah, that's important. Looking at having that foresight. I think going back to your question, Avishkar, I want to talk about two things when it comes to abandoning your goals 15 days into the new year, right? So first is I want to talk about why I think we need to get the person to start thinking about why they wanted that goal, right? And when they start thinking that, then also create that feeling of why they wanted that. Or the feelings that we want are feelings of empowerment, feelings of excitement, 
And like Trina said, you know, when you visualize your future self, you want that feeling to stick with you. So 15 days later, if you're slacking, then we're going to have a session here and we're going to talk about, okay, this is why you wanted to do this. And let's visualize, let's experience that feeling. The second thing is, I would say, is you would need to learn how to prioritize your goal. So if your goal really is to be losing 30 pounds or 50 pounds, you need to, like I said, go back to the drawing board, go back to your calendar and make sure you're prioritizing your meal, your exercise, cutting back on, you know, whatever things that you don't need to be eating, you know, after 8 p.m. or 7 p.m., whatever it is that your goal was. If you don't prioritize that every day, it is going to get in the back burner. So that's the one thing that I would add is please learn how to prioritize and also, you know, and again, prioritize yourself, right? Because that's no one else is going to do that for you. Right. What do you think, Jennifer? Yeah, I think especially with weight loss, you have to prioritize yourself. If you're a busy mom or a busy entrepreneur or a busy, you know, physician or whatever job you're in, if you don't prioritize yourself, it's going to be very difficult to lose weight. And I think I didn't appreciate that until I started to try to lose weight over the age of 40, which was not as easy as it was in th- at 30 and had to realize that, you know, I was sort of struggling with it and realized that my biggest issue is I wasn't taking account. I need to sleep at night. I need to wake up and I need to have good intentions and good mindset as I start the day. And then, you know, I would sort of go into that roller coaster that a lot of women do where they messed up lunch and they're like, well, might as well mess up dinner. I already messed up lunch. (laughs) So you kind of have to prioritize yourself and you have to say to yourself, how can I make me up higher than I usually do being a mom of four? I need to kind of think about how I can do this for myself. And I also think on the second part of that is really accountability, whether or not it's accountability with a friend who's maybe going through the journey with you, accountability with a life coach or your physician. But I always think goals go better if you have somebody else who's kind of putting you in check a little bit. So sometimes it has to be the physician because no one else may be losing weight with you at the same time. Or it may just be your neighbor who wanted to lose 50 pounds too and get in their skinny jeans. So you need to have somebody that you can kind of, you know, say, hey, let's get back out outside and go for a run or go for a walk because it's now January 15th and we haven't done it in a couple of days. <laughs> you know, we need to have somebody. Yeah, and no, that's very true because actually there's data to support this that when you have an accountability partner, but it's also important to know what type of an accountability partner you're looking for. Having just a random accountability partner on social media may not be the best of the ideas. It has to be someone who means something to you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have someone who means something to you, then you may not sadly be accountable to them. So somebody who is of importance to you, if you have that person as your accountability partner, that really helps you, propels you in achieving your goals, makes, sets you up for success. So that's really, really important. We are all social beings. We need to interact with people constantly. And likewise, whether it's successes or failures, we have to have people around us to share these with. And you know, we need people around us to pull us up. And it gets very, very difficult if you're alone in this journey. So it's very critical to find accountability partners, especially when you're setting certain goals and trying to achieve them. All right. So what are your final tips before we part for our listeners in setting goals and seeing them through this new year so that, you know, they can have a healthier life and they can achieve their, I don't want to say weight loss goals, but, you know, get to a healthier weight. All right. So Trina, what do you think? So I think a couple of things that I have learned about goal setting that I do think are really helpful. So 
One is like we talked about, you know, our future self, figuring out the future self, where we are now, where we want to be. Then another step that kind of comes after that is sort of kind of making a to-do list, a to-do list of everything that you need to learn, everything that you need to do to achieve that goal. And then something that I learned that I maybe did not used to do is then also think about what kind of obstacles may come up. And as you think about what obstacles may come up, go ahead and figure out strategies, like how are you going to address those obstacles whenever they do come up? So that was a new skill that I learned as I have been doing some studying and training on goal setting. And then, you know, kind of adding those strategies that you come up with to your to-do list. And then the final secret that I have recently learned that I think is really key is making sure that you schedule time for yourself. So the the things that you're going to do, making sure you put them on your calendar so that they actually get done. Because any of us can come up with a list of things, but then if you don't actually put it on your calendar, you probably won't get any closer to reaching your goal. Right. What do you think, Sonia? Yeah, I think I agree with everything that Trina talked about. I think Whenever we talk about goal setting, a lot of people go into this panic mode and they're like, oh my God, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. And so that sets the tone for the goal. So I would say, let's ditch that idea that it's hard. It's not hard at all. It will be as hard as you make it to be. It can be as easy as setting just five minutes in your day to do meditation or you know, just running up and down the stairs or whatever it is, it can be very, very minuscule. It doesn't have to be a Herculean task. And then secondly, just prioritize you. Because like I said, no one is going to do that. Your husband, your children are never going to come and say, hey, Sonia, you look very tired. Why don't you go and take a two-hour nap? No, (laughs) they are not. You will have to prioritize, carve that time out for yourself. And the other thing is that have self-compassion for yourself while on this journey, because if you can't love yourself, I think that is going to be a bigger hurdle to cross when you're in this goal setting path. Because, you know, whenever you hit those milestones or when you don't hit those milestones, that negative self-talk is going to come up and you need to be very, very reassured. You need to have your own back. That's all I'm going to say. And what about you, Jennifer? What are your parting words? Obviously, they've covered all the great areas. I guess the other thing I would say is definitely it's okay to change your goals. If you have a goal, it's okay to pivot and change that. If you had initially thought you're going to lose 50 pounds and maybe your goal became being able to play soccer with your kids, that's okay. Changing your goals is okay. And then always celebrate the wins. Celebrate the wins that you have. That's always (laughs) important. It always goes better if you can always kind of give those little moments of gratitude and just remind yourself that you did achieve some of those. Yeah. I think what I feel is whenever I set a goal is, you know, you have that big picture goal and then you have these smaller sub goals that you set. And I think it's so important to have those sub goals when you're setting a goal, because these are smaller achievable goals and these are your small wins that will get you to your eventual big win. So having those small goals is so critical. And again, every goal has to be you know, specific, measurable, time-bound, so that even your sub-goals, so that you know what you're trying to achieve so that you can achieve those goals. 
So I think that's the other part of it is not just having a lofty goal, which may be very daunting, but if you set a smaller goal for yourself, smaller interim goals for yourself, which are easier to achieve, then it doesn't seem that big of a deal for you to achieve those goals. All right. So listeners, don't forget to drop us a review or a comment. If there's any specific topic you would like me to discuss, please let me know. You can write to me at host at decodingobesity.com. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Jennifer, Trina, and Sonia for joining me. Thank you everyone for listening in. I'll see you all next time. Bye. So I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I've created an amazing resource for you. What I've done is I've basically summarized this episode and created a sort of a cheat sheet for you so that you can set your goals this time the right way and set yourself up for success. So go to www.decodingobesity.com forward slash 2021 goals to get this amazing cheat sheet that I've created. That's www.decodingobesity.com forward slash 2021 goals. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.